Hey, hey, on today's 10,000 Pitches, Ethan Brant and I kind of switch roles. Normally, Ethan sort of plays the co-host role. Well, we're switching that up, and Ethan's taking the reins on the podcast. I'm sort of the co-host this week. And so it was very interesting to see the topics that Ethan came up with to talk about. So that was, that was a lot of fun. And then also going to play my interview with Colorado Rapids TV play-by-play announcer Richard Fleming. Got a lot of good insight from him on Kai Kamara's time in Colorado and what Richard saw from him and what he believes is his biggest asset now that he's with Minnesota United coming over in that trade this week. So very, very good conversation with Richard. Awesome talk, as always, with Ethan coming up on 10,000 Pitches. But first, got to tell you about our friends at Stimulus Athletic. Stimulus, a local company, a local business, helping local soccer, baseball, basketball, ultimate Frisbee clubs outfit their teams and do it at an affordable price. And we know firsthand because we teamed up with Stimulus to create the 10K kit. That kit, that jersey, no longer available. The store is closed. And if you ordered one, Big, big thanks to you. Big shout out to you. Thank you so much for helping support 10,000 Pitches and Stimulus Athletic. Us and Stimulus are both very, very pleased with the results of the sale during the month that it was out. And uh, can't thank you enough if you're one of the people who decided to support us and purchase one. Stimulus Athletic, like I said, if you have a team that you need to outfit and you're local, please give Stimulus Athletic a try. StimulusAthletic.com, click that design tab, and it's a free, it's a no-pressure process getting started with Stimulus. They just want you to tell them kind of what you're looking for. If you have a design in mind, no problem. They can help make it come to life. If you don't know what you want as far as a design goes, they have an awesome design team that can help you out. And getting started with Stimulus, again, no pressure, completely free. And, uh, you know, dip your toe in the water and see what you think. I think you'll be impressed with what Stimulus has to offer. So go to StimulusAthletic.com. Again, click that design tab to get the process started. And make sure, as always, you tell them Jeremy from 10,000 Pitches sent you. Here we go. Welcome in, Horns Fade Out, everybody, back to another episode of 10,000 Pitches. We officially are under new management here at uh, 10K, and uh, <laughs> Ethan is completely taking, I third person Ethan, so me, is completely taking over from here on out. But getting, it, getting into the episode here, we're welcoming good friend of the pod, Jeremy Rushing. Jeremy, how's it going? Good. I guess it's good to be a guest on my own podcast, I guess. Yeah, thank you for being here. It's great to yeah, have of you course. back. You know, take um, a little bit of time to join you and, and help you out. You know, I, you know I'm, I'm more than willing to do that, I guess. Yeah, it's great to have you. We really appreciate you being on um, today and not at any other point in this podcast life. Nope. Um, yeah, Jeremy, how you doing? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good, Ethan. How you doing? I'm, you know, I'm blessed. Um, You're doing really good so far, by the way. Keep it up. Thank you, thank you. Um, uh, but uh, but you know, before we get into to what we were going to get into today, Jeremy, I just I feel like I've been seeing you on Twitter uh, doing a lot of betting on I soccer. Am. Do you care to comment on um, money lost and/or money gained from this? Now, on the record, I will just say that I'm doing these as like if you're in a state where gambling is legal, I just want to help you out a little bit and give you the direction to go in. I cannot say that I'm. I'm personally betting or wagering on these matches, but you know, if I were to wager, if I were to bet, here's where I would go. So if you're, if you're in a a place where you can legally bet or wager on these matches, 
these are these are my picks these are these are how i would do it okay of course of course well, that's what we all expected we we thought exactly. you were more of an advisory uh yeah i'm an advisor advisory. i'm an advisor exactly okay great For better or worse okay i just i just saw you tweeting about that a lot and i just you know i think we've all heard the stories of the people you know you you, you bet on one game and next thing you know you're more taking a second mortgage out on your house so we no just no see see if you were to take my bets and, and use them as your own you would be up you would be up i believe we're up eight units at this point so whatever you bet on you know however much money you put down on each bet that's a unit um and we're up eight units at this point jeremy also is your birthday i guess i don't when will they be listening to this i guess maybe today so your birthday was yesterday um, if you listen to it on Friday, yes. it was two days ago. Um, how was that? It was good. It was good. We went to Portillo's. Shout out Portillo's. I'm, uh, I'm from Illinois. Went to school in the Chicagoland area where Portillo's is very, very big. Um, so uh, I fell in love with Portillo's in college. And luckily, there's one here in Woodbury. So I went there, had myself a nice Italian beef, and it was good. I will say if you're on a diet, like so my girlfriend uh, is, is doing one of those like dieting programs. Um, right, right. And she, like, there's nothing at Portillo's that she could really get besides, like, a side salad. Like, they don't have very diet-friendly options there. So if you're not in a position where you're in, like, a cheat day situation or something like that, I would suggest maybe not going there because even their, like, regular salads are, like, covered in stuff that, that's not diet-friendly, so... Yeah, I, I got a like an Italian beef sandwich and fries and a pop, and she got like a side salad and a water. So, well, uh, good to know. I myself am Jenny Craiging, so I will make sure <laughs> to stay away from. Um, <laughs> stay away from Portillo's if you're on the Jenny Craig. Just kidding. I uh, I'm not Jenny Craiging. That was a joke. But I uh, I am cooking. I am. This is my first semester in college without a meal plan, and so. Um, I just have to like cook for myself, like, okay. and that's been not going well. Um, we don't need, <laughs> what's your go-to go-to lately. It's been bagels with peanut butter and pop tarts. Um, I really need that's to go the to the most college store. thing I've ever heard in my life. I really need to go to the grocery store. Um, it's getting bad. I'm down to just like vitamin gummies and K cups, uh, <laughs> and chicken nuggets. So I need, I really gotta, I really gotta make a switch here, but that, that's besides the point. Um, let's let's jump into some soccer. So uh, yeah, first and foremost, the Minnesota Fall Cup final is coming up on the twenty seventh, and it's between Minneapolis yeah. FC and Valora. So if you're looking for some soccer, I think they're letting fans in. I honestly don't know. Um, yeah, you can go and watch. It's in Maple okay. Grove, the Fenbrook Athletic uh, Park or the Athletic Fields or whatever they call it, the complex there in, Ma in Maple Grove. So um, yeah, it's the final. Now they've been. They've been doing a lot of good stuff this summer to get these guys on the field. They had the – I can't remember what they called it over the summer, uh, but they had a similar thing where all the UPSL local clubs that wanted and were willing to play uh, were involved. And then they did the same thing here in the fall with the Fall Cup. So uh, uh, really cool to actually get some local games in for these clubs who may not have seen you know time on the field regardless because there was no UPSL season, of course. So. And, of course, some of the guys over in Wisconsin are traveling over to play, too. We, we heard a couple of guys from Bateau FC were joining uh, to play in the Fall Cup as well. So uh, it, it's been a, really good to get these guys on the field and to keep them uh, getting minutes and to keep them fit and, you know, just, you know, 
these guys are doing it because they love the game. So, you know, the, the more they can play, obviously, the, the, the better they feel. So uh, very, very cool that they've, they've done this. And like, like you said, the finals this weekend on Sunday, I believe, uh, between Vlora and FC Minneapolis. So if you're in the area or even if you're not, you want to make the trip to go watch some local soccer, uh, that's going to be happening Sunday. Yep, the game is the 27th at 7 p.m. And for more information, you can go to Minneapolis FC's Twitter, which you can probably get to through our Twitter because we retweet a lot of their stuff. So Yeah, they tag us in a lot of stuff. And so we obviously want to retweet it and get that information out there too. So follow us on Twitter at 10K Pitches uh, and, and you'll, you'll see that info there too. Yes. So now more soccer this weekend for the lower league teams. Uh, Bateau FC in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, has a friendly this weekend and the next two weekends. So you, if you are in the Eau Claire area and looking to watch some soccer, they are, they're in action. Yeah, they take on uh, Homeboys FC, which is formerly, formerly Simba United. I, who are they playing next weekend? I should know because I will be, uh, I'll be playing for them, but no. I. Oh, I, you'll be I taking forget. the pitch. Well, that's breaking be- news. Hold on. Breaking news, Ethan Brandt taking the pitch for Bateau FC. Let's go. That's right. That's right. Uh, there is uh, myself and a couple other players are kind of in a trial process here. So using these three friendlies and uh, various other uh, soccer activities we've had going on to, uh, I guess, it, so it's kind of like a tryout for this uh, coming season in the summer. Okay. Um, and cool. uh, yeah, so it's been great. I've been playing with them a lot. Um, and I, I'm sure, like, at least two listeners, not including my mom, were, were wondering about my, uh, my college situation. And I'm no longer at Northwestern. I'm at the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire. So hopefully that clears it up. In the, the t- area. In the trip from St. Paul to Eau Claire every weekend to, uh, to play for Bateau then. You're in the area. Right, right. So hopefully that clears it up for the two people that remember back to my last segment <laughs> on where I talked about my, UNW. So, um, but anyways... Um, yeah, I will be. I will be out there, and uh, I know that it's really exciting, and everyone's excited. Um, yeah, I'm excited now. That's awesome. Yeah, it'll be fun. I uh, I think fans are allowed. I think they might stream it on Facebook. I honestly don't know, but um, I I feel like I should know, but I don't. But I uh, yeah, it'll be. They fun. get like a like a group Zoom call together, like a public Zoom call, and and we can watch it together and comment on your on your soccer because I've never actually seen you play soccer, so. We could, we could have a, a little uh, little group video session breaking down your game and, and how you do. We'll uh, we'll we'll make it like the MLS and we'll we'll put some big screens on the on the field. There you and go. I'm, I like I'm that. Sure I'm sure that's I'm sure that's in the budget. Yeah, it, it better be. Virtual fans are important. I think that wraps up pretty much all uh, local soccer news. So now moving on to the 10K kit. Uh, Jeremy, give it, give us an update. What's going on yeah, there? Yeah, so the store is closed. And thank, thank you again to everybody who bought themselves a 10K kit. I really do appreciate it. We're really happy with the results of how the, uh, how the little sale went there. Uh, Stimulus is very happy. So thank you guys for making our first venture into actually making a little bit of money off this podcast successful. And we're not just going to pocket that money either. We're going to take it, put it right back into the podcast, and hopefully, hopefully give you guys some uh, better content and, and more stuff. Uh, that you can take advantage of when it comes to 10,000 pitches here in the future. That's all I can really say right now. But, um, you know, that money that we made off the kit is going to go right back into the podcast and right back into making sure that if you want to be involved and that you want, you know, uh, some cool stuff and, you know, cool content, you know, we can continue to give that to you. So 
Yes, yes. So, one, yeah, once again, just to reiterate, thank you, everyone, who uh, got a kit um, or jersey. It, uh, it was cool. It'll, you know, hopefully when you guys start getting them, you know, we'll start seeing some, some pictures with everyone wearing them and all that is, and uh, yeah, so thanks again. Um, oh, I, for, I forgot, sorry. Um, I forgot at the beginning of this. Uh, please leave a rating if your podcast platform allows. It really helps. I was wondering if you were going to ever circle back to that, to be completely I, honest. I was like, is he just going to skip it? Because honestly, so th- this kind of ties in. So the first time I was ever on the radio, because I'm formerly in radio, um, was my freshman year of college. I did like, I did like sign up for like a sports casting shift. So like literally I read like a 90 second sports update, uh, in the afternoon. And the first time I did one, I skipped introing myself. I skipped setting it up. I just went like directly into the first story. And so I get it. It's kind of easy to skip that intro stuff when you're just excited to get the content out there and, and whatever. So I get it. But I was wondering if you're ever going to circle back to that. So yeah, I should I should I should have written that down. But um, but yeah, you know, if your podcast platform allows, please leave a rating. Um, please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at 10k pitches. That's one zero k pitches. Um, and Facebook, I guess, if you if people still use Facebook. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, so. Th- let's talk about that a little bit because so you're, you're 20, right? 21? Yep, 20. So your age group, your uh, generation, Facebook isn't even like a thing, right? He doesn't even like use Facebook. Right. I, uh, I only got Facebook recently, uh, like literally like three months ago. So I could become a admin on the 10 K page. First time I've ever had Facebook. <laughs> um, I, uh, and so for, for you Facebook guys, Messenger. it's like Instagram. Twitter, Snapchat. Is Snapchat even a thing with you guys? Or is that even kind of behind you guys? Yeah, I'd say Snapchat is still uh, pretty prevalent for my age group. Um, And like you said, Instagram and um, I feel like like TikTok, TikTok. Um, I'm not on TikTok, but TikTok. um, But like my sister, who's like, she's 25. She uses, or like she had a Facebook. So like somewhere in that like, five-year age gap facebook faded out facebook's still pretty you know people my age and older are still pretty active on facebook i'm 28 or 29 now holy cow i'm 29 my birthday was yesterday it's weird saying i'm 29 now but yeah i'm 29 and people my age and older are still very active on facebook it's just just as active on facebook as they are on twitter instagram or any, any other one of those so it's interesting the age gap there's not much of an age gap but it's interesting how differently social media is utilized uh in different age age groups definitely so I, I guess I'll stop making Facebook jokes because I guess probably a lot of people make all the Facebook, Facebook jokes you want. Facebook sucks. I'm I'm I'll be the first one to tell you that Facebook sucks. Uh, we only, I only have I only have a personal Facebook page now because I run Facebook, like I'm in social media management for my job, and obviously having social media presence is big for the podcast too. So that's the only reason I really have a personal Facebook page still is because of that aspect of it. If I didn't work in social media and I didn't have to manage Facebook pages for a job, no way in hell I would have a personal Facebook page. Yeah, same here. I, uh, like I said, I, I've had a Facebook for about three months and uh, it's been awful. But anyways, yeah. great. Uh, but that's, that's- if you're a Facebook user, follow us. Or I guess like us. I don't think you like follow. us. Like us, follow us, whatever, whatever it is on Facebook. Um, which is a great segue into 
streaming services and how terrible they are for soccer. I'm sure everyone has uh, now experienced this or, or at least probably listened to someone talk about how awful it is. But between like Peacock, NBCSN, Bleacher Report Live, you name it, trying to track down your favorite teams is just unbelievably awful. I would do so bad league season. I started doing these like daily, like Saturday and Sunday Twitter updates and like, here are the games and here's where you can watch them. But now freaking everything's on ESPN plus now. So it's like, I don't even like, it doesn't matter because nothing's actually on actual TV anymore. It's all behind paywalls and all behind streaming services. So it's like no point in me actually doing that anymore. So that's why I don't really do it anymore. But you're right. Like everything premier leagues now, um, Syria and Bundesliga and some other international leagues are, are on ESPN plus. Now you have you, the Europa league and the champions league on CBS all access, except some of the Europa league qualifiers are still on BR. It's just, like you said, it's kind of a mess trying to find your favorite club. And if you're a fan of La Liga or league one in France, you're kind of screwed unless you go get Fubo TV, which actually has the BN sports or whatever, where you can actually watch those. So yeah, it's, it's a mess. Even MLS, even MLS, we had one national game last night on FS one. That's like the only nationally broadcasted like cable MLS game there has been in the last week or maybe even two weeks like it's all on ESPN plus or if you're in the market of a local MLS team you can watch it on like your local channel or whatever like FSN here in Minnesota but yeah even our local domestic league it's rare to find a game available on national television which is insane to think about I mean even six months ago like that would have been insane to think about and now we're here right right uh what uh what streaming services like do you have I have ESPN plus I have uh, me and my girlfriend have the Hulu Disney plus ESPN plus combo uh, thing. So we have that we have Netflix and I have now this is the nerd in me. I have WWE network because I'm actually like a closet wrestling fan, which is actually (laughs) what I use most Ethan laugh if you might, but that's what I get my most money's worth out of is WWE Network. I'm not going to lie. So um, those are the ones that we have right now. I had Peacock for the week trial. I just couldn't, for my conscience, keep it because I'm hoping that enough backlash happens where they start putting games back on cable and more games on NBCSN. I will only get Peacock if they commit to just putting all the games on Peacock. If you commit to putting all the games on Peacock, you can justify charging for Peacock. But if you're going to make people pay for cable and then also pay for Peacock to be able to watch all the Premier League games, that makes no sense. I'm out. You've lost me at that point. Yeah, I uh, – so, like, you want all the Premier League games on Peacock is what you mean. I don't want – I want them all on NBCSN, or, yeah. but that's not going to happen. So – if you're gonna, if you're not gonna put all of them on NBCSN, you might as well put all of them on Peacock, so you don't make people double pay. Because that's yeah. what that's what MLS is doing. Like, like I said, that's the reason why MLS only has one nationally televised game every week or one one every two weeks. It's because it doesn't make sense to put three four games a week on national television and then still make people pay for ESPN Plus. Like you're making people almost double pay at that point. So you might as well either go all in on cable and maybe have a few games sprinkled in on uh, behind a paywall or just go all in on the paywall because you're not, because people aren't going to double pay. They aren't going to, because 
there's no half cutting the cord, right? You can't right, cut right. the cord and still have ESPN and still have NBCSN. Like it, you either go all in on the paywalls, all in on the subscription services, or start putting more games back on cable. I have Sling, Sling TV. So I do get like ESPN and like NBCSN. But what like, do you pay for that if you don't mind me asking? I, um, yeah, that's a great question. Um, they have two packages. You can have Sling Orange and, uh, and Sling Blue. Um, and then you can get both. And then they have some packages you can add as well. Um, so looking here at the website that I just pulled up, um, $30 a month. So yeah, I'm pretty sure it's, yeah, $30 a month to get blue or $30 a month to get, $30 a month to get orange. But there's, they're different in terms of the channels they offer. Yeah. So then you can get both, I think for 50. Um, wow. It looks like they have a Hulu deal. Oh, wait, no, never mind. Scratch that. <laughs> Scratch that. Um, but yeah, sling. It's all right. It's all right. But, but like you said, there's not even that. What many do you get with that? So you have the orange, right? So what, I, you, what channels do you get with that that you can watch soccer on? Just NBC or does it have ESPN as well? Yeah, so actually we have both. Um, we have okay. Sling Orange and Sling Blue. Um, okay. And so on Blue, though, you get um, MSNBC and like... Um, you mean NBCSN? Yes. Yes. Sorry. That is what I meant. You get that. But then on Orange, you get ESPN. So you get... <sighs> that makes me mad. They make so you like, pay for the bundle package to get both. It yes. almost doesn't even make sense then. It's like, I want to get like something like YouTube TV, but if I'm going to pay 50 bucks for YouTube TV, just to have to pay another 499 for ESPN plus, just to have to pay another 599 or 599 for ESPN plus, just to have to pay another 499 for Peacock, just, you know, just to have to get, pay on top for all these other subscription services. There's no point. I might as well just go on the subscription services at that point. Like, yeah, that's it, where, that's where they need to pick a lane and they need to go in that lane. I hope they pick the lane of going back into, you know, putting more games on cable, but that doesn't seem likely to me. So they might as well go in the opposite direction and give us all the games behind a paywall. So we don't have to pay for cable. Yes. Like kind of like what I would like is like, you, you know, like you have like NFL red zone and like uh, NBA, um, NBA league pass TV yeah. or no NBA league pass. So like NBA league pass, you get like, all the games, all the games. Yeah. outside of the national games. Um, like, so if it's on national TV, you don't get it, which like kind of sucks, but you get like every single game, every single night. Um, I would love that for like the premier league or something. Like you just pay like for premier league league pass and you get like every single premier league game. You know what I mean? I mean, I would like if Peacock or CBS one just added more stuff. Like, give us league one in America without having to pay extra for like a BN sports, give us La Liga in America on CBS all access. Like if like, I think CBS all access right now is a better deal than Peacock. Cause while Peacock's cheaper, all you get is premier league on Peacock. At least on all access, you get all the Europa league, all the champions league, all of NWSL. Like you pay a little bit more, but there's more added to it, which is why ESPN plus is so awesome because they have freaking everything on ESPN plus not just soccer either it's it's Syria it's MLS it's Bundesliga 
It's UFC if you're into that. You get baseball games on ESPN Plus that you really can't get anywhere else. Like, it's college games on ESPN Plus that you can't get anywhere else. Like, it's $5.99 a month, but they make it so incredibly worth it with all the stuff that they have on there. Peacock, for a soccer fan, you can't justify that right now because you get three of five games a week on Peacock You're not, while the other two are still on cable. So you can't make people pay for a streaming service if there's not enough content to, to justify it. And right now, there's not nearly enough to justify a soccer fan paying for Peacock. Exactly. So now, after harping on how terrible uh, paywalls are, let's... Uh... Let's talk about other soccer content behind paywalls, such as movies, TVs, documentaries. Um, so we put this out on Twitter uh, and you know Instagram the other day, uh, asking what's some of your favorite uh, soccer content outside of actually games themselves. We got some. Um, I saw a Ted Lasso pop up a few times uh, on Apple TV. Well, that looks funny. I'm not. I don't think I'm going to pay for Apple TV Plus to watch it, but that does look really funny. Yeah, we. I, so, yeah, I guess uh, we'll circle back to that. Um, Kicking and Screaming came up. Um, great movie. Just a great movie. Top, top five all time, probably. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then, obviously, like, I think the, tot- the Tottenham Dock on Amazon was pretty big. Um, so, yeah, uh, first of all, if you haven't replied to that tweet or on Instagram, go do that. We'd love to hear your favorite uh, soccer-related content outside of games themselves. Uh, because, you know, we plan on doing something around that as far as, you know, breaking them down, commenting on them. Um, and, yeah, we'd love your thoughts. Um, so uh, here in the future, we'll be, uh, we'll be letting you know what we plan on talking about. And uh, then you can make sure you watch that. It'll probably be behind a paywall. Uh, but but um, so if you already have paid for that. Um, and then, yeah, we'll just have a conversation about that uh, movie, TV, documentary, whatever it is. I mean, I feel like a lot of people have already have like Prime, Hulu, and Netflix. So, uh, you know, right. as long as it's not something like brand new, like, like Ted Lasso, we could do Ted Lasso, but like how many people actually have Apple TV Plus right now? Not, right. probably not a lot. So like, you know, if it's like the Tottenham Doc or something like that, or, you know, something like the, uh, one of my favorites is Sunderland Till I Die. I think that's an Ooh. excellent documentary on Netflix. Cool. Like, you know, we could do that stuff for sure. And I think it would still apply to a lot of, a lot of people. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's a better idea. We probably won't do Ted Lasso. I've act- my my mom got a new iPhone, so we got Apple TV free for like a year. So I actually was able to watch. I've been watching Ted Lasso. Great show, really funny, really entertaining. Um, but yeah, maybe we won't. Maybe we won't talk about Ted Lasso. Now, when you talk about incentivizing paywalls, though, you see what Apple did recently, where they actually made it really cool. Like you get a lot of the app, like Apple Music, Apple TV. Um, Apple Arcade, which I didn't even know was a thing. All of that for like one monthly price. Like that's incentivizing. Like that is something that could get more people, you know, when you bundle that kind of stuff together, that's something that get more people to pay for it. So when we're talking about incentivizing paywalls, like there's ways to do it, obviously. So hopefully like, like circling back to what we were talking about, not to continue to harp on it, but hopefully like things like Peacock and CBS All Access can kind of work that out because- but yeah, no, I agree. I think uh, I think there's a lot of good, especially documentaries. I feel like soccer, doc- soccer documentaries are becoming a little bit more popular, and it's something that a lot of soccer fans are watching um, outside of the games right now. So I'm really uh, I'm really down to like you know, maybe do like a commentary on 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 a soccer documentary or a movie or something like that. I think that'd be cool. Right. I uh, I uh, I think the the Tottenham one was really well done, 
And um, I recently, uh, Amazon also had one about Leeds and Man United. And uh, I recently started the Leeds one. Um, also really good. But yeah, that Tottenham one was, uh, was really good. And uh, speaking of Tottenham, Tottenham has made some big signings and it doesn't seem like they're done. I still keep seeing news on uh, who they're getting. But obviously the big one, uh, Bale, he's back at Tottenham after seven years. Oh, Bale is back. I, I haven't heard. I haven't seen, I haven't seen any, any billboards or anything that tell me Bale is back. So this is okay. the first time I'm actually hearing about that. Okay. Yeah. So uh, Bale, he, he's back at Spurs. Uh, they, <laughs> he's on a, he's on a loan there. Uh, I didn't know that. That's first yeah, I'm, it was breaking it, news. Are, are we breaking that news here on this podcast? We're probably pretty close to the first yeah. to talk okay. about it because, um, yeah, it was kind of swept under the rug. Nothing really too big there. But, um, yeah. yeah, he's officially back. Um, I heard he's injured and might be out for four weeks. I don't know if that's the case. Exactly. I don't know if anyone does. But, yeah, what's, uh, what's your thoughts on Bale being back? I, so many people are harping on the signing, and I don't really understand it. Like, sure, he's older. He's probably more into the twilight of his career. You can't tell me he's not going to help your team. You have you've had trouble scoring goals. Deli Alley is not the person that you you thought he was, or he doesn't, or maybe he just doesn't fit with what Spurs are doing. Like you're not getting the goal scoring production that you anticipated. Bale's a guy that can come in and help you, and you didn't really. And, and if he comes in and he's not this super high impact player, so what? He's he was a it's a low risk high reward signing for Spurs. And I think people are just harping on the age thing and harping on the fact that like, oh, you loaned him out seven years or you, you let him go seven years ago and now you're bringing him back. To me, that shouldn't matter. Shouldn't matter if he had been at your club before. Like, I think it's, I think it's a super positive signing for Spurs. I think he can bring a lot in terms of what they're not getting from a goal scoring and attacking standpoint right now. And I don't, I don't understand the, I guess, the criticism of it. I think it's, it's positive and it can only be positive for them. Yeah, I, uh, I agree. And um, like you said, you know, let's say he just can't quite get where they need him to be. If anything, you probably sold a lot of jerseys. Exactly. Um, and, uh, but I do think, um, you know, with Kane, Son, and now Bale, and then some of their other attacking players, I think like, that seems like a pretty potent offense, you know, um, yeah. with just those three players alone, but then you add some other guys to the mix. Um, I think uh, it could be really exciting for them. And, uh, and yeah, like you said, like it is kind of, I, I guess I've seen more positive, but um, I'm sure there are some people that are like, Oh, why are you bringing him back? Like you didn't like, like imagine like LeBron, like a couple years ago when he went back to Cleveland, people were like, Oh, like now you're coming back. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think like greatness probably should just kind of transcend the, uh, I agree the uh that like like oh now you're coming back like like i think it's a great fit right now for where both of them are where bale is in his career and what spurs need at this moment i think it's a perfect fit exactly i think i think it's exciting and it should be fun to watch um well it doesn't affect their ability to add elsewhere either people are like oh you know they really need help in other places of course they do but signing a guy like bale isn't gonna isn't going to impede any potential other signings in other places so it's not like it was bale or or somebody else like it's it, it one doesn't one doesn't cancel out the other in that like both can still happen and they probably yeah. will like you said i don't i agree with you i don't think spurs are done in this window either and um also probably and the the bigger offensive threat coming into tottenham alex morgan signs with uh tottenham women uh, i mean she's the biggest signing that spurs have had in this window for sure 
easily, easily. Uh, so that's exciting. You know, it's, I think it'll, I think it'll be fun, like, to uh, to have her competing. You know, at that that level, and uh, and uh, it should be cool. You know. Yeah, I I think uh, I talked to Maya Hayes, who was formerly with the U.S. Youth Women's National Team. Uh, and she's now the assistant coach uh, at the University of Minnesota for their girls' soccer or women's soccer team. I talked to her a few weeks ago about what she thought of a lot of these domestic players moving internationally, moving to England and, and international leagues at this moment, um, and what that means for the NWSL, because there are a lot of fans that are concerned that all the star powers leaving the NWSL, and that could kind of impede the or, or put a dent in the, the progress that the league has made. Uh, but she said they're, they're going internationally to get games, to get minutes, to make sure they're getting consistent time on the pitch because the Olympics are coming up next year. And they're going to need to be as fit and as ready as possible if they want to, you know, compete and win another gold medal in the Olympics, which makes perfect sense. And then she also said she did not see that, you know, impacting viewership or overall popularity of the league. And we saw that this weekend. Um, Saturday, the NWSL fall series match, or was it Sunday? One of the matches this weekend, it was on CBS, had almost half a million viewers. That was more than any Premier League match on cable that, that weekend, which was only one. That was more than any MLS match that happened that week. Like it was the most watched soccer game that weekend. And it was the NWSL. And it was with, you know, no Alex Morgan, no uh, Rose Lavelle, you know, no, you know, all these uh, big names moving internationally, that's not really impacting the state of the league. So, um, you know, for people that, that think it is, that's it, it, shown that's really not. And I think it's going to be an overall positive thing for U.S. soccer moving forward because, like she said, it's going to help them stay fit and stay ready for the Olympics next year. So, yeah, if you want to listen to that episode, it was four episodes ago, five after this one is posted. I encourage you to go check that out. Maya was great. Really cool to listen to her talk. It was awesome. Um, she played, she played for the national team and like had a hat trick. She was, she's nuts. So you go listen. It's really cool. She's a cool person. She had a, she had a hat trick in the U20 world cup. Yeah. She's like nuts. that's, that's big. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, please go listen to that interview. She, she's awesome. nuts. As you know, all my guests have been awesome, but Maya is one of the, one just overall, one of the favorite interviews that I've had in yeah. the short time on this podcast. So she's awesome. So you, you guys should go check that one out. But speaking of awesome, uh, stuff. The Russian Premier League logo. I saw this in the show notes, and I had no idea where this was going. Right. Um, so, by the way, I don't know if you got if um, if this feels kind of just uh, like we're talking about random stuff. It's because I uh, I put together put together the rundown for this. This week's is the episode. Ethan Brandt takeover of ten thousand pitches this week. So, really, he came up with all the topics. He's obviously hosting and 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 manning the ship this week. So, it is a little bit random, but. I like it. I kind of like it. It's a good change of pace. We, and there's, you know, we got to, we got to keep coverage, um, you know, in all, uh, in all, in all facets. So anyways, the Russian Premier League logo. Um, we, first of all, we tweeted out a picture of it. So it's on our Twitter right now. Um, but it is, it's a bear. And like, you know, when you like went to a 3D movie in like 2006 and they gave you those just like awful glasses that didn't work, it has like that kind of effect behind it with the blue and the red, like yeah. kind of on the flanks of this big bear in the middle. And um, so it's not like, that's not a new logo. Like I'm pretty sure that's been their logo for a while, but, but I don't it's know. Solid. How, it's, it's a great logo. That's why we're talking about it. Cause it, it looks, it looks sick. 
I, um, I don't know a lot about Russia, but when I do think of Russia, I think of bears. So yeah. the fact that they have this, um, it, uh, it's kind of perfect and it's a cool logo. And I just wanted to highlight that logo and ultimately eat up three to five minutes in the podcast to and if uh, you want to see the logo we tweeted it out so go at 10k pitches on twitter and check it out again it's pretty awesome also while you're there leave your favorite uh soccer content um documentary tv show movie whatever just uh yeah uh, it is weird i feel like when i tweet stuff from our account people somehow know because i feel like those get interacted with a lot less and then you'll tweet out something and like like infinite more reactions i don't know how the people know it's me versus you but they definitely do know um but that that's besides the point here so russian premier league logo great logo that's great logo that's, check that's it out. all we had to say okay moving on other big news ryan reynolds from so ryan reynolds right you may know him from a mint mobile um this isn't an ad but you can get phone plan starting at $15 a month, Mint Mobile. <laughs> also, not an ad, unless they want to sponsor, then we'll take it. But on top of that, you probably know Ryan Reynolds from 2009's The Proposal or 2019 Pokemon Detective Pikachu. And you probably haven't seen him in yeah, anything Yeah, he's been in else. no other movies. No, yes. you, you don't know him from anything else, just those two movies. And also Rob uh, Mick. McKenney, McKenley, who is an actor on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I don't watch that show. And um, I couldn't think of any other 2009 obscure movies that he's been in. So I, that's why he doesn't have any more backstory. Um, but anyways, they are attempting to buy a Welsh soccer team, uh, Rexham, Rexham, I think, AFC. They play in the fifth tier um, under the Premier League. And uh, they're the third oldest professional soccer team in the world and they're fan-owned. So conversation with, uh, with our good friend uh, Ryan and Rob are continuing as they try to buy this, um, buy this club. Um, the, they took an initial vote, and they're open to continuing talks with those two, the club is. And um, those two promised, um, I guess, $2 million into the club if they do become owners. So exciting thing for fifth division Welsh soccer. Absolutely. Yeah, I think, you know what, with the backing of, of Ryan and Rob, maybe they can ascend their way all the way to the Welsh Premier League. We'll see. I hope so. I'm all in on this club. I, um, like, ju- like, I, I know, I we gotta buy, we gotta buy jerseys. Yeah, yes, we do. I couldn't tell you anything about this. We, we gotta officially make this a Wrexham United podcast. Yeah, that, that's AFC what AFC podcast. I better get the name right before we actually that's what make I was, the job, but. That's what I was going to say. Once uh, listenership kind of plateaus and or drops off for local Minnesota soccer, we're going to convert to Wrexham AFC and um, full on pivot to Wrexham and go all in, especially ex- 10,000 Wrexham fans. <laughs> Bingo. It, um, this is exciting news. <laughs> I, uh, I'm a big Ryan Reynolds fan. Um, not only the proposal, but um, you know, his mint mobile commercials, obviously, um, he owns like some like craft like alcoholic beverage. Um, I don't know. I've never had it, but I know he does that. Um, so obviously, all things Ryan Reynolds, really exciting, including Rexham AFC. Hopefully, we'll see. Fingers crossed. Um, okay. Oh, so oh, I actually wanted to bring up one thing, and this might be widely known, 
and I'm sorry if it is, but I just saw this yesterday. Have you heard about uh, Burger King and their sponsorship of uh, one of the clubs in England? I've not, no. So Burger King found a fourth-tier uh, team in England, Stevenage Football Club, and they decided to put their logo on the jersey, like be their main jersey sponsor. They were in the last place in their last place in the fourth division. They decided to put their name on the on the jersey because they knew that if they put their name on the jersey, their name would also be on the jersey in the FIFA video game too. So they wanted that like sponsorship, and they figured I think they figured getting a sponsorship with a fourth division. English soccer team was a little bit cheaper than actually getting sponsorship from EA sports and FIFA itself. So they decided to go in on a sponsorship and become the main kit sponsor for Stevenage uh, football club. And that, and they, they marketed the hell out of it. Like they like in England, like literally they like incentivize people to like play as the team and like record themselves scoring goals. They would give them like reward points and stuff like that. At this point, FIFA 20 we're talking about here, Stevenage Football Club is the most used played with team in FIFA 20 worldwide. Second pivot here. If Rec- if Minnesota soccer doesn't work out and Rexham doesn't work out, I'm ready to convert this podcast to a, uh, a Burger King and small English football club podcast. I think, I think we, we double up. We, we do two episodes a week. We do one on Wrexham and then one on Stevenage. Yes. Okay. We, we, we go, we go all in on both those teams. Yes. I, um, I, for what it's worth, I don't know the last time I ate at Burger King. Like, to be honest, I like, I didn't know people would like, like, you know how, like sometimes you get home from work, you get home from school. You're like, you know what? We're eating out today. I didn't know anyone on earth still is like, you know what? Let's go to Burger King. Like, if you're eating fast food, like, I feel like Burger King is so far down the list. But now that I know this, they jumped up a couple spots. Honestly, I've always found Burger King kind of underrated, to be honest. Oh, and maybe that's oh. just because, like, the closest fast food restaurant to my house growing up was Burger King. So, like, me and, like, the kids in the neighborhood, we'd always, like, ride our bikes to Burger King and stuff because it was closest. But, like, I don't know. I think the Whopper's pretty damn good. Like, it's not like they have bad food. It's just, like, they're they're not thought of just generally on the same tier as like a mcdonald's which i mean i guess if you're going up against the golden arches like that's that's one thing but i don't know i've always thought burger king is pretty good i stop by bk every now and then there's a bk really close to our house here in woodbury too so that um yeah i guess it's probably more the stigma right where like people are just like oh burger king yeah um yeah something something about burger king i get it just gets a bad rep probably undeserved to be fair but um but no, I'd put I'd lump Burger King in with um, like Arby's and Pizza Hut towards the bottom of my fast food hierarchy. And I, I don't mean to offend any any Burger King or Arby's uh, loyalists, but yeah, it's just it's not on my radar as far as fast food. Okay, um, quick quick uh, quick list here. Give me your top five fast food restaurants. Top five fast food restaurants. Okay, uh, so yeah, this is just off the cuff, but um. So weirdly, I enjoy Subway a lot. I just think because it's always so convenient. Not because the food's necessarily good, because like you always just get like weirdly wet meat and just a ton of bread. But I like Subway. Um, I don't. Can we count Chipotle as Chipotle fast food? Mm, it's like fringe fast food to me. 
Okay, so if we're not okay, so then we'll count. We'll knock that off. But um, I like Jimmy like John's traditional fast food. Okay, okay, Jimmy fair, fair. I like Jimmy John's. Once again, a lot of bread, a lot of lettuce. But so you forever. would put Jimmy John's behind Subway then? Uh yeah, probably, probably. Okay. My thing with Jimmy John's is like it's a ton of bread and a ton of lettuce, no matter what you order. Um, <laughs> I always get no lettuce. I have to get no lettuce when I you, order Jimmy John's. You have to. You say that. Um, so anyways, um, I get Taco John's. I know Taco John's, huge Taco John's fan. Okay. Taco Bell. Olay's are pretty damn good. I'll give you that. Olay's are unbeaten. Um, Taco Bell. Um, $5 boxes unmatched in value. The $5 box. Um, and then lastly, um, I, I'm assuming we're not counting like I guess I'd do Dunkin' Donuts then. I'm if we're counting that. I'm assuming we're not okay. counting Starbucks, but I'm assuming we're counting Dunkin'. Um I'm I'm good with that, yeah. They have a wide range of options, so I'll give you that. I love breakfast food, I love donuts. Um I'm all in on Dunkin' Donuts. Okay, fair enough. And speaking of donuts, we're gonna transition to the uh But I don't get to do my top five? What the heck? Oh, um, Okay, yeah, you you can do your top five, but you can't elaborate on it. It's just, it's just got to be the 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 names with no elaboration. Go. I hate the, I hate being on this podcast. I'm never coming on this podcast again. It's fine. Uh, we have a lot of right. we have a lot of guests that are fans. So come. We're gonna do Wendy's number one. Ooh, okay. I um, forgot about them. Yeah, you mentioned Taco Bell having the value with a five dollar box. Um, I think four for four is one of the best values hey, hey let, let, let's cut the uh, explanation here sorry sorry quick quick explanation sorry yeah. um two t-bell probably number two like you said value there um i'm gonna go mcdonald's number three because i think they do breakfast food the best as far as the fast food restaurants go and like yeah, you said they- i'm a big bre- breakfast food guy so i'm gonna go mcdonald's three for that yeah that's fair i like subway so i'm gonna go subway four however I think, feel like Subway, people get like a false sense of security of like they're eating healthy when they eat at Subway when they're really, really not. Of course um, not. Because like they'll, be, they'll get like a foot long and then they'll get chips and then they'll get a drink. But they're like, oh, I had Subway. So I ate healthy. No, you didn't. You had like yeah, 1,200 no. calories. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, then, yeah. Subway is fake health. But hey, you got to love it. Exactly. It's all about the mental, right? It's all about if you think you're eating healthy, then, then I guess. That, that, you are eating healthy. Is. If you think you are, you are. Anyways, yeah, keep going uh five Popeye's count is fast food definitely definitely okay Popeye's five now those are that's probably I'm gonna say this those are my five I'm not gonna say it's in the order that I put them in Uh, I'm just gonna say that that's my five because if they probably deserve some rearranging but those are those are just my my five in general that's a great list um we uh this should have been on the on the tweet for today we should I wish I would have known we were talking about this but this is a great transition into our final topic of news that I came up with, and that is Krispy Kreme donuts. So Krispy Kreme on Friday, 925, is doing a Celebrate Sports Spirit Day. So if you show up to Krispy Kreme, are there, there's Krispy Kremes in Minnesota, right? I think so. Let me look this up. I actually haven't seen a Krispy Kreme in person here. Okay, yeah, go, go ahead. I'm also, I'm also not very observant, so yeah, fair. Krispy Kreme near me let's see what we get anything close Uh uh-oh nothing pops up in the locations oh man 
Okay, so if you are in Minnesota. But we get enough we get enough listeners from Wisconsin that I think this will still apply. But hold on, let me see what we got. Why does it say my favorite shop is in Ankeny, Iowa? That is definitely not true. Yeah, closest to me here is West Allis, Wisconsin. Hey, so. okay, I know that one. I used to, I, I live right by there. So, um, so, okay, so Minnesota listeners, very sorry that uh, we're even bringing this up. <laughs> but Wisconsin listeners in the West Dallas area, um, or if you want to make the drive, um, on 925, they're doing a Celebrate Sports Spirit Day. So from what I read when I read this for like 15 seconds after I saw it, they are doing um, $5 original glazed dozen if you show up to Krispy Kreme wearing any like sports stuff of like I think a local youth team not like a pro team and yeah so I don't think there's much else to say there um also we don't want to over promote Krispy Kreme because they're not an official sponsor of 10,000 pitches not yet anyways um much like I think I think this is BS I think there are some Krispy Kreme locations near me oh okay let me see I don't know I'm I'm having a tough time because I'm finding it says there are, <coughs> excuse me, uh, but that's a, sorry, I'm that's going a through cut. some allergies cut. issues right now. Yeah, we'll cut that out. In post. So I'm trying to, so it says, I'm trying to click on this because it says Eden Prairie, Maple Grove, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Bloomington, Coon Rapids. However, all right, Krispy Kreme, 3388 River Rapids Drive in Minneapolis. Okay, there it you go. also says there are locations in Apple Valley, Bloomington, Coon Rapids. So you know what? Maybe there are. Who knows? Who knows if there's a Krispy Kreme in Minnesota? If you if you end so when is this dropping? Is this dropping tonight or is this dropping tomorrow? Do you know? Uh, we'll probably drop this on thir- on later later today. So on Thursday. Okay, yeah. So tomorrow then, if you if you are in Minnesota and you find a Krispy Kreme and you go get your your dozen donuts for five dollars because you wore your uh, your local sports thing. Uh, please send us a picture and the address we want to know. Um, but yeah, that wraps up all the random news I was able to track down um, for today's pod. Um, and this kind of feels like the last time I'm ever going to host because, uh, but, uh, but I, hey, thought, I thought it was all right. I think uh, that it was a good change of pace and maybe every, every 20 episodes we'll have you host one. <laughs> all right. Yeah. I'll, I'll take 20, I guess. That's fair. So what, 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 what episode is this? Is this episode 20? I'm pretty sure this is the big 2-0. Wow, the big I, I, let, the you, big I let you host the big 2-0. You are welcome. Very blessed. So I got the big 2-0. So that's right, guys. Tune back in for the big 4-0. We'll be talking all things fast food. And, <laughs> uh, and I guess. If you liked Ethan, tune in in four months. Yep. You can cool. hear him again. And we might be converted to a Rexham AFC pod by that point. So hopefully you're yeah, a who fan knows? of them. Hopefully you're a fan. Lower league English and Welsh soccer. That's where we're going to transition to. 10,000. Um, but, um, but yeah, okay, Jeremy, thanks for being on today. This is great to have you. Um, uh, it was a lot of fun. It's always great, obviously, having you on the pod. Um, yeah, of course. Always happy to be here. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, plug your social medias. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, you know, follow, follow uh, my venture. Uh, it was weirdly also named 10,000 Pitches. Um, we're, we're at 10K Pitches. Unlike 
Ethan's pod, which is at 10K Pitches uh, on Twitter. So, it's about the emphasis. We emphasize the K, they emphasize the 10. Yeah, exactly. So, so just, just make sure you follow all of us there. Uh, weirdly, you can find us all in the same place. So it's convenient. Okay. Yep. Once again, Jeremy, thanks for being on. It was great having you. Um, we'll, uh, we'll have you on again real soon. <laughs> Sounds good. Looking forward to it. All right, now it's time to bring in Colorado Rapids TV play-by-play announcer Richard Fleming. He covers the Rapids, obviously, for Altitude TV there in Denver. Richard, thank you so, so much for taking some time to join me today. And I just want to get kind of your overall insight on Kai Kamara as it pertains to his trade now to Minnesota United and kind of what you saw from Kai during his time with the Rapids. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you talk to Kai and, and he can go for another two or three years. I mean, I think that, you know, the Rapids are – um, are heading in a, a slightly different direction. They're trying to bring in a young core. Um, I think that's kind of evident from the team they put out at the weekend. I think it's the youngest average age um, for a starting eleven this season. Um, and they are they're scoring goals from from various situations. The, the homegrown players of Sam Vines and, and Cole Bassett are contributing both with assists and goals. Um, obviously, Rubio got his first goals of the season uh, in in the win. At Rail Salt Lake. Then you look at uh, Eunice Namley is contributing, um, Jonathan Lewis. So a lot of those young, newer players. Um, and, and I think that you know the, the club is finding itself heading uh, uh, down a different path. Kai was, I mean, phenomenal. You look at mm. 2019, um, scored his second ever hat trick in his in his MLS career with a, a 6-3 win uh, against Montreal uh, at Dick Sporting Goods Park. Um, leading scorer for the Rapids with 14 goals. I think that was the fifth consecutive year that he's got double-digit goals, so going all the way back to 2015 when he got 22. Um, and I think six in seven years, and, and maybe that that seventh year he had half a season. He was coming back from England, having played at Norwich and Middlesbrough. And of course, earlier this year in Orlando, he scored the 1,000th goal in, in Rapids history, in that game against Minnesota in the bubble. So does this trade make sense to you then from a Colorado standpoint? Because obviously, obviously from a Minnesota standpoint, it really does fill a goal-scoring void from the striker position because getting productivity from strikers has been a huge issue for Minnesota, you know, dating back to their uh, entrance in MLS in 2017. So obviously Kamara is a guy that can really fit that for Minnesota. From a Colorado standpoint, getting that second-round pick and $150,000 in general allocation money back, do you think this was a good deal from a Colorado standpoint too? Yeah, I think so. And 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 look, in, in and obviously the the first game that he he didn't feature in the squad, which was um, uh, was that that was Dallas last Wednesday. And I don't think he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, he may have been in the eighteen for Real Salt Lake. My memories, but yeah, you know, he's not he's not been a regular fixture. Um, and they won two out of the three on the road. Scored five at Salt Lake with with. Um, with Kai Kamara not uh, not featuring uh, in, in that game, uh, Diego Rubio got two, and as I say, the goals were shared around. Didn't didn't quite go their way in the midweek trip to Dallas, and then they go and win two nil um, at LA Galaxy, and it could have quite easily been four. They hit the post, they hit the crossbar. Bingham made a couple of great saves, um, so they I think they will they'll miss his experience. They'll miss, and I, you know, I've seen Adrian Heath saying that uh, he looks upon Kai Kamara at 36 now as, as, as a mentor as well mm. to some of the younger players. He'll raise the bar in terms of what his expectations are as a professional who's been in the league since 2006 and mm. spent time in, in Europe as well and 
has obviously played internationally with Sierra Leone. Um, so, you know, he, he's played on a, on a lot of different uh, stages, um, on All-Star, MLS All-Star as well. So I think it, it does fit with the way that the Rapids are looking to proceed. Um, you know, they brought in Drew Moore at the start of the year. And, you know, he's 36, uh, a vastly experienced defender. But again, he's not been seeing a huge amount of time because, you know, he's there as, as depth. He's there as a mentor to the, to the younger defenders. Um, and, and, and they're doing a, a, a good job. Uh, look, if, if he's called upon, he'll, he'll, he'll do a fantastic job. Same with Kai Kamara. Called upon, and he's itching. He wants to play minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it was simply the way that the Rapids are heading, looking for that young core. Um, and, and they've obviously transitioned, or they're, be, they're continuing with that transition. And, and Kai is part of, of just that, that process. So, look, he's, he's a vastly experienced veteran striker. 129 goals in 350-odd appearances in Major League Soccer. He is still a very useful, very handy. Now, whether you're going to get, in a normal year, 34 games, 90 minutes a game, I, I'm not sure. Mm. But when he's on, he brings you that that difference. I think that's the one thing the Rapids will lack. Um, mm. They haven't got that target man now, that that tall six-foot-three figure. Rubio is is good in the air. But Kai Kamara is a, is a target man. Um, he's still got some decent legs on him. And he can hold the ball up. So he, he just gives you a different option as well uh, from an attacking standpoint that, that maybe the Rapids may lack. But look, the last few games, they've, they've been scoring goals and keeping shutouts. Oh, Loons are a little thin from the striker position right now. A couple strikers hurt. Mason Toy, the only lone healthy striker before bringing on Kamara. Um, can, can he go 90 if he's called upon to do so right now? Kamara? I think so. Yeah, I mean, look. I mean, the, the modern-day player keeps themselves very, very fit, and, and Kai Kamara keeps himself very, very fit. Now, mm-hmm. a 36-year-old is just by the, yeah. just, is not as, as fit as an 18-, 19-year-old in terms of being able to go Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday. And, yeah. and obviously, in the year that we're in, that's what MLS's schedule is demanding. Now, can he go Saturday, Saturday? I suspect so. Can he go Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday? That, that may be a bit of a push. Obviously, that's okay. down to him. That's down to, to Adrian Heath. But certainly when called upon, here's a guy who's got a passion for playing the game. At 36, he, he still loves playing the game. He still loves heading out to practice. Um, so he, he's and, – and I spoke to him earlier in the year and – we kind of whispered to him at, at preseason, how long have you got? I've got another two or three years. So, you know, <laughs> the, the, the desire is there for him to continue playing. And as a striker, as a professional, as you know, it's the old cliche. They want to play. They want to play. Now, I'm not sure the minutes are available with the Rapids, with the way that they were going. Um, and, and as you say, he's, he's going to fit a role with Minnesota. And you've just got to look at his track record. He's scored wherever he's gone. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, I suspect he'll be a, a decent asset to the Loons. You mentioned the leadership aspect a little bit, and I want to talk about that. And Mason Toy, as I already mentioned, he, he's, he really came on last year, and he's a guy that Minnesota really looked to take the next step this year. He's been having some confidence issues. You know, he, they've really put a lot of pressure on him. And it's like I said, the lone healthy striker right now. Um, so he really hasn't performed up to those expectations yet. Colorado, as you mentioned, a young roster. So I take it you've seen Kamara play a little bit of that leadership role already. What do you think he could bring to Minnesota and a guy like Mason Toy specifically in that regard? He's, he's been there. I mean, mm-hmm. Kai Kamara has been that. He's been that young player. He's been that young player that has looked up to, 
senior players he know and I think he he appreciates the role that he now has within a squad he is that veteran guidance that that mentor and you look at, at other teams and look Wondolowski and we saw the two of them scoring in a in a in a 1-1 tie a few weeks ago uh, Wondolowski from the penalty spot and then Kai Kamara uh, scoring late on um, a big hug from those two two senior uh strikers that are not getting the minutes they did but they recognize the role that they have now they're bringing on the next generation they will um clearly they will will have an impact when they're on the field um but strikers like sprinters like 100 it's all about it's all about confidence it's all about having that confidence because you have to be selfish you have to be self-assured you have to be um very single-minded and you know if you go through a bit of a barren run where you're not scoring um but i suspect well it's guaranteed that kai kamara will have been through such runs he will know that it's an arm around the shoulder or a kick up the backside and so mm. i think it's getting to that stage where you begin to realize your role in the locker room and, and Kai Kamara has done that. And you look at some of the youngsters that will have learned from him and whether it's a, a Cole Bassett, whether it's a Jonathan Lewis, whether it's an, an Andre Shinishiki, uh, whether even, you know, a Diego Rubio, just understanding the roles that they have and the responsibilities. Um, he will be very vocal. He will be very forthright. And um, I imagine he'll be, as I said, he'll be, he'll be an asset, not just to, to Mason Toy, but to, to the club as a whole. The flip side of Minnesota United striker issues has been they've gotten just immense quality from their midfield, uh, especially so far this season. Just added a new designated player in Emmanuel Reynoso. He's the number 10 in that 4-2-3-1, playing that cam role. Um, you know, what have you seen from Kamara's play when it comes to how he works with quality midfields and how much more do you think that can bring out of him in terms of goal scoring? He's, he's intelligent. We talk about his aerial threat. We talk about his speed. We talk about the fact that he's a goal scorer. To be a goal scorer, it's not just about having speed and aerial threat. You've got to be intelligent. And, 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 and he, he makes those runs. He will um, clearly see and understand uh, and connect with those uh, creative midfielders coming through. Uh, he'll pull defenders out. You know, he's, he's a wily veteran. He knows he'll, he'll be chirping in the ear of defenders. He'll be chirping in the ear of his teammates. Um, and I think he'll, he'll just relish the new challenge. He'll relish a, uh, an, another chapter. And I know, obviously, much has been made about whatever it is, the eighth MLS club, but he's 36. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, he's, he's, he's now at a stage where he's filling a role at, at, a, at particular clubs and then... Um, you know, it's very rare to see players stay at clubs for, for their entire careers. But as I say, wherever he's been, he's scored goals. Um, we also saw the role that he and Rubio played in 2019, where he was more of the nine and Rubio played more of the 10. And they got 26 goals between them. So they understood their roles. They understood what each player brought to that role. And they complemented each other very, very well. So, as I say, he's an experienced striker. He will have worked with all kinds of midfield players. And, and I imagine that'll be no different with Minnesota. Adrian Heath mentioned he's, been, he's had his eye on Kamara as a target for eight years now. Um, when you look at, you, know, you mentioned Colorado is kind of transitioning in this younger direction. You know, how long has Kamara sort of, I guess, quote unquote, been on the market in the Rapids' eyes? And how, you know, were you surprised at all that it was Minnesota? Or, or I guess, what, were, what was your overall perception of the trade itself? Yeah, I mean, it's, look, it's, it's a difficult year. I mean, ha- had we been in a normal year, it could have been, could have been back in May. 
Mm-hmm. Could have been back in April. Uh, yeah, we're, we're 11, 12 games into a, a very strange season. So I think, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's maybe a tough one to answer because, in, yeah. you know, he, he may, he, he, in a normal year, he, he may have been available in, in the summer window, um, you know, back in July um, because the Rapids may have found themselves at their decision-making process a, a little earlier. Um, I, I think, you, you know, they, they've seen that they're now getting more out of Rubio. They're getting more out of Lewis. They've realized that this Brian Galvan, who's another young player that they brought in, uh, has added to that depth of, uh, as well. Um, Eunice Namley, I mean, sadly picked up an injury at the weekend, not too sure on the severity of that. Um, and then you throw, uh, as I say, Shinishiki into the mix as well. So uh, you, you, they've certainly got numbers and, and, and clearly the one that would be likely to be heading towards the exit would be the guy who is at the older end of, of that spectrum, we, we, as I say, with the club looking for a, a younger core. So, um, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's, uh, I've seen the reports like you that, that, you know, he was supposedly kind of touted around for a while, uh, Minnesota, have picked him up and, and obviously from their standpoint it's 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 on a needs needs must basis but look um players move on all the time players are, are traded um i i think that in a normal year it may have come sooner the fact that we're now towards the end of september and and the window is still open and trades are still being made um uh, as i say i think that the, the, the story is you know the rapids are looking to to kind of uh, hold down that that young core, and there was a need on the side of Minnesota, and a trade between these two two clubs, and and hopefully both parties are happy. Kamara in the twilight of his career, how how much does he prioritize sort of winning an MLS Cup, and how much does his trade to Minnesota, him kind of agreeing to go to Minnesota, how much does that indicate that he believes Minnesota is a real contender? He's still hungry, as I say. Look, thirty six. I, I I don't know what his bank balance is like, and I'm 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 not interested in what. But you know, I, I'm sure he could. He could walk away at 36 and, and still be relatively happy, but he's still got a hunger. He's still got a passion. He's still got a thirst for success. And I imagine what gets him up in the morning is proving himself again and proving himself at a new club um, and, and an ambitious club. And obviously under Adrian Heath got off to, off to a great start there. You know, had a bit of a wobble and obviously injuries and mm-hmm. you know, squad issues is, is, is part and parcel of the game. But um Look, this guy will will stabilize the offense. He will make people hungry again. He'll make people rethink, maybe uh, you know, a, a different way. Um, and 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 just as a, as an aside, he does have plans post career, whenever that is. Because while he was here in in Colorado, he was taking acting classes. Oh wow! I missed. Uh, uh, we were. I was due to have an interview with him uh, one particular Friday, and he he was overrunning and then ended up it ended up not happening and the reason was he was at um uh was at a drama class he was at acting classes so um he's already got his eye on post career and what he wants to do after his playing career is finished but uh, he's still very much hungry very passionate um and and he's a winner He, he wants to succeed wherever he's gone now the team's around him but if you look at what role he is there for to score goals and pretty much everywhere he's been he has scored goals. So hopefully he can be part of that, that, that jigsaw for Minnesota. 
Um, Colorado and Minnesota, no stranger to each other over the first few years of, of Minnesota United's MLS tenure. Um, from an opponent's perspective, what are your overall impressions of just Minnesota United as far as how they've progressed in their first few MLS years and now where they currently stand in the pecking order of the Western Conference, specifically after the addition of Kamara? Well, I mean, my, I work with Marcelo Balboa and we were talking at the start of 2019. It was all about, and, you know, this, this is uh, Major League Soccer where coaches are normally given a little longer than, than some other countries. But after the first few years, few, few years, we thought, well, Adrian Heath could be on, he, he could be on thin ice. The start of 2019 that Minnesota had not got off. And, and the problem that Minnesota had is that they were constantly compared to Atlanta the team that also came in at a similar time and people are seeing Atlanta skyrocket and Minnesota. And unfortunately what we've seen now is Atlanta were, were, were the anomaly. Minnesota are the norm for new MLS franchises. You take time, you're betting in, you're, you've got so many different uh, areas to control, whether it's a fan base, whether it's marketing, whether it's sponsorship strategy, whether it's the stadium itself. Mm. And of course, Minnesota moving into a new stadium, um, in, the, in their early days. So I think, you know, we saw Adrian Heath as a, as a potential for one of those early candidates if Minnesota didn't start well in 2019. Well, as we know, they had a great season in 2019 because, you know, it, it took a few years. It took a few years for, for the club to figure out what they wanted and where they were going and what their identity was. Um, and, and so I think they are, and under, under Adrian Heath as well, I think they are, uh, you know, he's a, he's a savvy, he was a, a great player, a savvy coach as well, who's been around the U.S. scene for a long, long time, uh, you know, starting with, with the Aztecs and, and then obviously with Orlando and uh, through USL and, and then MLS and obviously now um, with Minnesota. So, you know, I, I suspect that the Western Conference is very, very competitive. It's hugely yeah, competitive. Tight. But I, I think Minnesota are now one of those. Are they top three or four? Probably not, but probably good enough for top six and, and certainly I would say good enough for, for a playoff position. They've had a wobble. Every team is going to have that wobble, but they're looking to address that. And as we saw early part of the year, they're a, they're a different side than kind of 2017, 2018, 2019. They were beginning to find their feet and were beginning to make people you know, open their eyes a little. And um, it's, been, it's been a strange year. It's been a stop-start year. And I think you know, teams are looking now to get a bit of a run of games looking to figure out their injury situation with, with squads as, as is going to happen. Um, but with eight teams making the playoffs from, from the Western Conference in, in 2020, um, and, and obviously Adrian Heath making moves to, to kind of shore up areas of, of concern, uh, I suspect they'll be in the mix when, when, the, when the playoffs come around. One last question here, kind of off, to off topic to the trade, but, you know, a lot of changes happening, obviously, this year when it comes to broadcasting games in 2020, you know, broadcasting road games from home markets and, and a lot of different other things. Um, what's been the biggest, I guess, unforeseen challenge for you as a broadcaster uh, coming into these games and coming into this just weird season that we're in? Yeah, I mean, we we did road games from from the studio. We we, we didn't travel. So I, I was used I was used to, to calling the, the road games from studios. I think for me, it's, it's doing home games with no fans. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that, that for me, and, and, and for the first few games, it was a, a bit of a novelty um, because you could hear all that the players were saying. Sometimes it's, mm -hmm. it's a little fruity, as they yeah. say. Um, but, you know, I, I think we, um, we, we don't take them for granted, but we, you know, fans have always been there in stadiums, whether it's 2,000, whether it's 500, whether it's 70,000. Um, mm. 
and I think it's the realization that just calling a game in an empty stadium um, where they, they, they've tried to obviously pipe in um, effects that gives mm -hmm. the viewer at home a sense of, of, of an atmosphere. But for us in the stadium, it's, it's an echoey arena. Yeah. So I think that's been the toughest thing. And look, our role is, is to, to, to bring sport, to bring entertainment, to bring that light relief in times of trouble. Sport is obviously, and live sport, whether you're watching it on television or going to the event itself, is, is a form of leisure and recreation for people to get away from the bad news and to get away from the day-to-day. -day. And when you've not even got that, it's, it's been tough. It's been, it's been really difficult. I've had you know, neighbours and friends that don't even like sport yeah. that have said to me, I, I've, I've missed sport. It's almost like that, that white noise in the background. It's that comfort blanket. It's that knowing that it's always there. So, you know, people not able to go to sporting events um, has been really difficult. And, and look, for, for me, uh, and I'm sure for, for most media, um, yes, we're doing this for a living. We're doing this. And, and, and to, to appear in front of a camera, you've got to have a, an element of an ego. Um, but if there's nobody able to enjoy that or the, the vast majority are not able to enjoy that and to, to enjoy that experience, then it, it kind of falls a little flat. And so it's, it's kind of everybody being in it together. It's the players, it's the coaches, it's the media, the broadcasters, the fans and the fans without the fans, we're, we're, you know, sport is, is very much a, a lesser product and it's far less uh, enjoyable so I think for me it's just that, that it's it's we're missing that that huge factor and that is having um, fans that bring that atmosphere that bring that heat that hostility that rivalry that passion that enthusiasm uh, and that color and, and I know the players the players miss it as well so I think as, as broadcasters you feed off that energy inside a stadium and so you know, that's been probably the, the, the toughest, the toughest challenge for me is certainly for the home games is feeding off an energy that is no longer there. But look, there's, there's um, people that are suffering far worse than I am, certainly. And so um, it's, it's a small obstacle, which I'm hoping that uh, will remedy itself in the next few weeks and months. All right. Richard Fleming, Colorado Rapids TV play-by-play -play broadcaster for Altitude TV. Thank you so much for taking a little bit of time to chat with me. I really do appreciate it. Have a great rest of your day, okay? And you. Take care. Thanks.